Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Topics on today's episode include the MBA's Home Equity Lending Study, my interview with Tom Booker and Tom Showalter on repurposing Candor's technology into multiple segments in the mortgage space, and what to look forward to on this week's economic calendar. I received a note from the MBA's Marina Walsh, VP of Industry Analysis, Research and Economics, saying, there's been a lot of talk about the increase in home equity lending, given where mortgage rates are these days. The home equity market grew in 2022 and is expected to grow further in 2023 and beyond. That's why MBA is relaunching the Home Equity Lending Study, which collects data on home equity lending and servicing functions for both open-end home equity lines credit, HELOCs, and closed-end home equity loans including origination, servicing volumes, HELOC utilization over time, operational and efficiency metrics, production and servicing costs, and growth expectations. Participating companies receive a customized summary report that compares their data to the industry aggregates, as well as a chart book of highlighted metrics that include three years of historical data for 2018 to 2020. There's still time to participate. For a link to that story, as well as the latest employment opportunities, and lender and vendor products and services, visit robchrisman.com. I'd like to thank this week's podcast sponsor, Candor. Candor's patented automated underwriting decisioning engine, Cognitech, is a state-of-the-art 100% machine platform that can handle indefinite loan scenarios. The portability allows clients to plug in the technology wherever an underwrite happens during the loan lifecycle, from point of sale to servicing. Clients can instantly scale to match loan volumes, improve quality to mitigate repurchase risk, and boost liquidity. Candor. Can do. Speaking of which, for today's interview, I wanted to welcome back to the show Candor's Tom Booker and Tom Showalter to talk about repurposing Candor's technology into multiple segments in the mortgage space. And I want to start with Mr. Showalter. You bet can, you share a little, can you share a little bit more about how you adjusted your technology to allow mm-hmm. for the expansion beyond fulfillment? Sure. Well, the expansion to move into like the point of sale or to move in the quality services segment, such as due diligence or post-close work, we went there at the request of our of our customers. They wanted to take the technology they experienced and liked in the fulfillment space and do good things in, in point of sale closer to the customer to bring underwriting to the point of sale space. And they also wanted us to, to bring that quality control mentality to, to the uh, you know post-close arena uh, and the pre-fund arena. And so we, we found when we when we went to go there that our technology was extremely suitable, it was very adaptable, it was very portable because the same underwrite that's done in fulfillment is the one that needs to be done in, in point of sale. And, and the quality standards represented by a typical underwrite are, that, are, that are accomplished in fulfillment are the same quality standards that we accomplish in the pre-fund and post-closed and due diligence segments. So we had virtually 95% of the technology was extremely portable and could go in, in, into the new segments with, with, without, with no performance decrements at all. And that's very unusual. Normally, when you change segments, it's like, whoa, yeah, this has got to be wholesale change. But we experienced very little change. And to, to it, there were some dangling participles that we had to tie off, but gosh, it wasn't hard. In terms of product reconfiguration, it was 
90, 90% there to start. So we were very fortunate. <clears throat> well, I think some things that may be uh, easy to you would be hard to others, but I'm, <laughs> I'm glad you consider it easy. Uh, Mr. Booker, I want to move to you and, and ask you to elaborate a little further on moving the engine into the POS and, and what are the economic benefits that lenders can expect from that? So the entire lending business is based upon capturing a customer. And most of those customers begin as prospects of some for, of some sort. And when you're going to try to get to a happy outcome for the consumer and a happy outcome for the lender, you've got to be able to qualify that customer quickly. And to be candid, be able to exchange something with them that gives them confidence that they can actually execute on this loan, meaning it's got, not going to be too much effort and it's specific, and that they can move forward. And what we do at the point of sale is we take what we've done in fulfillment, and we make it available in the hands of the loan officer. So there's two big economic benefits to that. The first one is you've got a borrower who actually knows, given the information they've provided, and a few documents that they can upload in that moment, that they can get an answer. If they do it, by, if they do it at lunch, it can have it by close of business. That is incredible power. And then secondly, you have a loan officer who actually has an insight into what a borrower's circumstance is and can work with them to achieve those ends with that being a target. Tell me how many times you've actually gotten an approval at a point of sale where you knew your target was to close in a short period of time. That is actually what we're going to go do. So those two value propositions are material, both for the consumer and for the lender slash loan officer. That's great news. Uh, back to you, Mr. Showalter. Mm -hmm. Candor seems to be having great growth, even though the industry is going through tough times. Uh, there's a lot of stories about mm -hmm. their lenders uh, scaling down or closing, exiting certain channels. What do you attribute your specific success to? I think it has to do with the power of our technology and how we position it. <clears throat> so, for example, many of our clients are going through some very painful right-sizing. <clears throat> And, and they don't want to do this a second, a third, a fourth time, which is ha which has been the industry's history. You right size today and then you have to re restaff tomorrow and then you right size the day after. And what they're looking to do is right size for the last time. And so in this right size for the last time metaphor, what they found is that they can they can acquire candor. And they could keep their best people and then staff for modest volumes knowing that candor can handle the increase without exception. So they're finding, they're under discovering that capability and they're, and they're wanting to incorporate candor so that they can go do that. And, and so um, we have a little bit of an advantage in that the candor technology is very scalable. Besides being portable, it's very scalable. And the scalability is what enables our clients to have this right size from the last time strategy. It's, it, and it is moving quite well. Yeah, there's a there's a billionaire that lives out where you two do, uh, Robert Smith. And I remember watching an interview with him and he said the key to his success is making it scalable. Whatever business you're in, how do you scale it? Mm -hmm. uh, and so it's it's good to hear you have a similar philosophy. Back mm -hmm. to the other Tom here. It seems as though we're talking about a complete evolution of the mortgage process. Do you have anything to say to those fearful of change? Well, I think this is a point in time where change is your friend. But let's be clear, the current course and speed is not going to serve us in the current market environment. 
and then frankly doesn't give us good prospects for serving future market environments mm-hmm. profitably or meeting the needs of customers. So my argument here is that embracing change is just embracing the fact that we all have to adapt to circumstance and in a financial market, macroeconomics drive us. But let me also add that I think one of the challenges that we think about mortgage from a process perspective, and that process is really related to this exchange of data and documents and information, when we ought to think about it as an analytical process, if we thought about it as an analytical process, as a way to be able to find a way to get folks into homes, be able to find a way to make more loans, we've taken the data concern out and we focused on the analytical process, the quality, the consistency, the availability and the portability of those processes, which in my opinion, that's the change that's coming about, is that it's about analytics, it's about understanding throughout the different use cases. I don't even think about them as a process, but use cases in the business. And to me, that's an exciting change. That's a wonderful change because it gives us much better economics, gives us much better ability to make good judgments. And then frankly, the product makers, investors will have more insight into the facts that define a borrower and the borrowing circumstance, which mm-hmm. is good news to me in this business. Yeah, investors are gonna like it. <laughs> and for those that are that are uh, reluctant to change, I would I would remind them what happened to WAMU or the countrywides of the world. This this business is constantly forced to evolve as it goes through cycles. Turning to the economy and therefore interest rates, the December Consumer Price Index report confirmed that the high inflation that resulted from a combination of limited supply of goods, massive fiscal stimulus, and longer-than-necessary accommodative monetary policy is slowing. On a three-month annualized basis, year-over-year inflation is running at 1.8%, indicating the headline number will continue to move towards the Fed's 2% target. It's widely expected that housing inflation, which contributes 30% to headline CPI and significantly lags current market conditions, is near its turning point. While it is too soon to declare the battle against inflation over, it's moving in the desired direction. Only 24% of the firms surveyed in December expected to increase prices over the next three months, a 10% drop from the November survey. Due to the evidence of slowing inflation, market expectations are now for a 25 basis point hike at the FOMC's February meeting and another 25 basis points hike in March. This week's calendar includes some higher tiered data, including Fed surveys, PPI, retail sales, industrial production and capacity utilization, business inventories, and several housing related releases. Currently scheduled Fed appearances are light ahead of next week's blackout period, though the beige book will be released tomorrow afternoon. Besides T-bills, the Treasury will auction $12 billion of reopened 20-year bonds on Wednesday and $17 billion of new 10-year tips on Thursday. The domestic economic calendar kicks off today with New York Fed Empire Manufacturing for January, and today's lone Fed speaker sees New York Williams delivering remarks. Yes, it's Tuesday already, and we begin the trading week with agency MBS prices down a few ticks from Friday and the 10-year yielding 3.55 after closing last week at 3.51%. The two years unchanged, yielding 4.24%. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. Bread is a lot like the sun. It rises in the yeast and sets in the waste. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again to Candor. 
Candor's patented automated underwriting decisioning engine, Cognitech, is a state-of-the-art 100% machine platform that can handle infinite loan scenarios. Candor. Can do. Questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities? Send me an email at robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.